have you ever experienced denial where I've had something taken away from you? Did you overcome these obstacles or has it set you back? If you experienced this before, then you have gone through redlining. In today's three-part podcast, you will hear from the hosts James Apola, Adam Zakrashik, and Nathan Law, and they will explain and review their interviews with relatives who have experienced redlining before. Part one is about denial from a college. Part two is about the possible denial from starting a job in the pandemic. And part three is about being denied from living in your country and escaping oppression to live in America. Now, let's get into these very interesting stories. Part one with James Apola. For my redlining interview, I chose to interview my sister and I asked her about 10 questions of any experience where redlining was evident in her life. And she chose a situation going into her at the beginning of her senior year of high school when she was applying for colleges. She was applying for this one college and she thought she exceeded the GPA and ACT of the people that previously got in. And she got denied actually from that college because of the area that we lived in. And upon getting her denial from the college, she she was very upset and was confused because she thought that she exceeded the GPA and ACT numbers, which she did. And this this was a very life-changing event for her because she was denied the opportunity to go to this college, even though meeting most, if not all, of the qualifications to go there. And she thought this was unfair and colleges should not be able to do it because when applying to colleges, most people live with their parents or guardians and do not really have a say on where they live or where they're located. And the definition of redlining is denying someone of an opportunity, and that's exactly what happened to my sister in the situation. And she has learned from the situation, she's overcame it, and she has learned to accept in life that all things aren't fair, and all you can do is do your best, and the rest will take care of itself. I asked her the question, do you have any advice for people going through similar situations like this? And she said that you should only control what you control and do not worry about what you can't control. I asked her another question, and I asked her, what would you do to fix this? She said that she personally thinks that people should be accepted into college more based on how good they do in school and not based on where they live. She thinks that she was denied a great opportunity in her life because she worked very hard in high school to do great things and to go on to a good college. She was denied the opportunity to go to the college that she wanted to because of something that she could not control, and this greatly affected many things in her future. The denial of this college opportunity might have changed her career path and what, how much money and what she'll be doing in her future. If things were different, she could maybe get, even get a better job than what she will be getting right now, going to her current college. 
she was she felt like this was very unfair and that this should not have been done to her and i have to agree because you cannot control at this age where you live and she did all she could to get into the college but because of something that she cannot control she's denied the opportunity of going to that college <laughs> Part two with Adam Zakrashik. From my redlining interview, I interviewed my oldest sister, Asher Zakrashik. To give a little bit of background information on her, she's a 22 year old. She just graduated college from Miami University of Ohio. Uh, she's a finance degree and she's now working at Goodyear Tire. Her redline story was not only going through the job process, having to start a new job during a pandemic. You may ask what redlining even means. Is it denying someone of the opportunity or something else? Even though my sister overcame her redlining in the end, she still had to experience the hard times. I asked her a few questions about how she first got her job, and she let me know that she actually got her job the October of her senior year, and she's very grateful for this since she's a female in the field of business. She started to explain to me how the pandemic hit uh, made her job get pushed back a few months. She was supposed to start in the summer, didn't end up starting until the fall. This is actually, um, this frightened her. And when it first got pushed back, she didn't hear from the company for a long time. As I went along with the interview, she tells me how she became more and more nervous that her job might be taken away for a couple of reasons. First, she thought that they aren't going to hire anybody since there are so many layoffs from COVID-19. Or maybe they were uh, going to hire some male co-workers instead since uh, they would maybe prefer them over her because she's a woman. Ashley was very nervous that she would be denied from her job. As we go along with the interview, we do find out that in the end, she does get started a job and does overcome this redlining. And the great thing is that she is loving her job. And she also informed me how that her boss is actually a woman too. And her whole team that she works with are all females. Finally, at the end of the interview, we were both able to recap the possible red lines that could happen anytime in people's lives or occupations, and just how females in general struggle in some fields. And she also explains how she's very lucky to the job that she has and is grateful that she's not in a situation as similar as may be in. Um, but it was just interesting to see her redlining experience. And yeah, really thank her for the interview. Part three with Nathan Law. Thanks, Adam. For my um, redlining experience interview, I chose to talk to my grandfather, Joseph Law who immigrated from Slovenia to America in the 40s to escape communism. 
His story started in Malavas, a small village on the northern edge of Slovenia. Communism had already invaded the country, and due to this family, due to his family being anti-communism, Joseph's father had to leave home to avoid execution. My grandfather was four at the time. Growing up as an enemy of the state, he would not be sold things at stores. His teachers would blatantly fail him, and worst of all, his family members would disappear all for their political beliefs. Him going through these conditions and going through the hell that they put him through make him more than qualified to speak on this topic. At any rate, after years of dealing with losing family, oppression, and danger, he decided to leave. His uncle, who lived in Austria, said that if Joseph was able to get to him, he would get a plane to America. He would get him a plane to America. So he went off on his journey. He told me many stories of his escape from communist occupation, including one where he was almost caught by a guard and his dog. One day, while running through the Slovenian fields, he stopped by a tree to eat some of his candy, which was the only food he had left at the time. And um, as he was eating, a guard and his dog were walking towards him. So he tried to hide and everything, but his hiding spot wasn't that, that good. So he prayed to St. Anthony as hard as he could. And almost when the guard and the dog came up to him, the wind switched direction. So the dog couldn't get a scent, which he describes as nothing short of a miracle. And I believe him. Um, another story was a story of the burned down bridge when he was going to cross a river in Slovenia um, in order to cross the border to Austria. The bridge he was supposed to come across in order to cross the river was burned down. And he said he just went on his knees and started crying because he didn't know what else to do. However, there's better parts to his story. So after seeing the bridge burnt down, he decided to swim across the river and then Eventually, when he crossed the river and got into the land, um, he was in Austria and he had a lot of relatives there. So he managed to get to his uncle and then his uncle got him a plane to America with my grandmother, his wife at the time. And when he got to America, he set up businesses with his wife including a hair salon and a restaurant called the Swiss house, which were both very successful. And he ended up making it from nothing to living a happy life. So what can be learned from his story? Or what I've learned at least from his story is obviously to never give up. Um, keep believing what you want to believe and what you think is right, because um, he was forced to believe many different things all the time, and his family was too, but they never um, stopped believing what they thought was right in terms of their political and spiritual beliefs, um, which was Catholicism and then anti-communism. Um, anyways, another important thing that I learned from his story was that things will always get better. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And even in the darkest times, like what he was going through when his family members were disappearing, couldn't get food. He got an, an orange for Christmas one time just 
so he could get food. However, um, he always loved this one quote from John Lennon. Here it is. Everything will end up okay. If it is not okay, then it is not the end. Thank you for listening to Overcoming Obstacles, Redlining Experiences. Today we learned about redlining and how it affected the people each of us interviewed. For James, it was his sister and her not being able to get into the college she preferred due to the place she lived at. For Adam, it was his sister being scared that she wouldn't be able to get the job she wanted and worked so hard for. And for me, it was my grandfather who had to escape communist Slovenia to live. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone learned a lot from this and have a good one.